I'm just going to be perfectly honest with you. I realize that I'm looking right now at the backbone of Charity Mission Free Will Baptist Church. Your Wednesday night crowd is pretty well your backbone of your church. Uh, but with all that being said, this is not really a, a Wednesday night message per se, but I believe this is the way that uh, the Lord would have us to go tonight. And uh, I found out very early on that if you don't go God's way, it gets awful lonely up here, amen? Luke chapter 15. Let's begin reading in verse number 3. And he spake this parable unto them, saying... I said Luke... Did I say Luke chapter 3? I meant Luke chapter 15. Uh, am I in the right chapter? I told you I was messed up. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness, and go after that which is lost until he find it? And when he hath found it, he layeth, layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. Verse number 7, I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth, more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. Richard Robinson, would you take us to the throne of grace tonight? Thank you so much. And now if you know anything about the Bible, you know Luke chapter 15 is a very common chapter that's, that's read from very often. And no doubt if you've been in church more than 15 minutes, you've heard a lot of preaching from Luke chapter 15. It talks about the lost sheep. It talks about the lost silver. And the most famous story out of Luke chapter 15 at the end of the chapter is the story of the lost son. And here in these short verses, Jesus is giving us a parable, excuse me, about a sheep that's wandered astray. Now, I'm depressed enough. I don't want to debate you on whether or not this is a type of somebody being lost or somebody being backslid. I don't want to get into all that. I think you can apply it either way without doing damage to the Scriptures. Somebody say amen right there. You can apply it either way. But I do know this. Think about this. God called it His sheep before He left the fold, right? God called it His sheep when He was wandered astray, right? And God called it His sheep when He picked it up and He brought it back home, right? I want to preach on a subject that uh, all of us preachers are eventually going to have to deal with at some point in our ministry, Benny. I want to preach on something that most of our church folk are going to have to deal with at some point in our lives. I don't like it, but it's a reality. And who knows, it may even have to be dealt with in this service here tonight. I want to preach on this subject. I want to ask you a question. What are we going to do about wandering sheep? What do you do about wandering sheep? Now, I wish, Brother Howard, that people would get saved, get on fire for God, 
learn to read their Bible every day, get in their prayer closet every day, and live just as close to Jesus as they could every day for the rest of their life. I wish that was the case, but you and I both know that that's not always reality. If you've been a Christian more than two minutes, you have to realize that it's possible for God's people to go astray. It's possible for Christians to mess up. It's possible for God's people to get out of His will and get out in the wilderness and mess up their life. It's possible. Now there's no doubt in my mind that Many, some of these people that get in and they get back out, there's no doubt in my mind, some of them never got it to begin with. But we would have to be very naive to think that some of those people weren't, uh, weren't really saved. I mean, there's more to being saved, ladies and gentlemen, than just walking an aisle, shedding a tear and repeating a prayer after a preacher. Somebody say amen right there. But we'd be foolish to think that they didn't come to an altar, get the real thing, and somewhere along the line... They messed up. They dropped the ball. It is possible to get away from God as a Christian, ladies and gentlemen. And if that wasn't the case, then why in the world did the Bible tell us how to get right in Galatians chapter 5? Let's face it. Saved people mess up. Saved people make bad decisions. Saved people take wrong roads and they yield to the flesh just as easy as lost people do. So I've got a question. What are we going to do about wandering sheep? What do you do with somebody who's dropped the ball? What do you do with somebody who wanders off and they make a mess out of their life? What do you do with that? Do you cast them aside? Do you offer them no hope? Do you look down your nose and this, as if to say, Hey, I'm better than you are because I ain't went nowhere? What do you do with those people? Might I remind you, ladies and gentlemen, Paul said to restore one in the spirit of meekness, lest you also be tempted. You know what that means? That means the only reason you're not messed up and your life ain't in, ain't, ain't in a shipwreck is because of the grace of God. Somebody say amen right there. Now, I've never condoned sin, Becky. Hey, I'm against stuff that ain't even in the Bible. Somebody help me right there. I mean, outside of eating once a day and breathing, I think you ought to just stop it. I mean, I'm against everything. I, I mean, I think you ought to just get right with God or drop dead. I mean, that's just how I look at it. Somebody help me right there. I mean, I believe in doing right. I believe in being clean. I believe in being straight. I believe in living right. I believe in all that stuff, but I'm not stupid enough to believe that people don't mess up. People drop the ball. They get deceived by the devil. They get confused. They get cold. They get backslid. They get away from God. And somewhere, there's got to be a biblical answer for these people that mess up. So what are you going to do about wandering sheep? What are you going to do about them? I want to give you a couple things from the Bible and I'll let you go home. Number one, I want you to notice about this wandering sheep in the story we read. I want you to notice the sheep's mistake. Now if you read about sheep, you'll find very quickly that sheep are prone to wander. They'll wander off in a minute. (coughs) I didn't know this. I read this in a book one time. (coughs) Excuse me. Did you know that when a sheep wanders off, when they're traveling through the wilderness, a sheep only has to get 50 feet away from the shepherd before it's totally lost? and has no direction, 
50 feet. And he's lost. I mean, he's, I mean, he's stupid. They're, they're stupid. They don't have any sense of direction. And before you get critical, sir, they don't have GPS. Uh, some of us can't get to work without GPS, and we've only been working there 25 years. They don't have GPS. They don't have that luxury. But just imagine 50 feet away from the shepherd, 50 feet away from security, and everything positive in its life that's ever been, 50 feet away. The sheep's lost. No direction. No idea where he is. Only 50 feet away. You know what I'm saying? It's not as hard to get messed up as you think it is, ladies and gentlemen. Matter of fact, people are just about as dumb as sheep are. Somebody say amen right there. It's easy for a problem to come our way. It's easy for a temptation to come into our life and cause problems. And if we're not careful, it's easy for us to get our eyes off of the shepherd. It's easy for an obstacle to get between us and the shepherd. And all of a sudden we panic because we've lost all sense of direction. Why? Because we're like sheep. We're simple. We wander off. But little do we realize... He's still there. He's just on the other side of that obstacle. That's why we're supposed to be looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. The only thing that's going to keep you and I from getting away from God, ladies and gentlemen, is keeping our eyes on Him. That's the only thing. <coughs> but here's the sad thing. We won't wander off far, and we're going to lose all sense of direction. We're not going to have a clue where we're at. We don't even know which way to get back. And before we know it, we'll get so far gone, we'll start to think that, hey, maybe I can't get back. Maybe I can't get back. Did you know this about sheep? Did you know that sheep don't have good eyesight? Sheep don't have strong jaws to protect themselves from a predator. Uh, Sheep can't run fast. For a long distance. They're not strong. They're, they're, under God, they're not like a skunk. They don't have like a spray. Everybody okay? Michael, y'all right back there, son? You look very bored. Y'all right? Okay, I'm just checking on you. <laughs> the point I'm trying to make is they have no defense. A sheep is as helpless and as defenseless as you can get in the animal kingdom. They have nothing. No defense whatsoever. That's why it's important to stay close to the shepherd. Ladies and gentlemen, I I got news for you. I'm no match for the devil. I got news for you again. I don't care how spiritual, spiritual you think you are, sir. You ain't no match for him either. But here's the sweet thing about the shepherd. That rod and that staff that that it talks about in Psalm 23 that comforts the sheep, that's not just to corral the sheep, by the way. Hey, it's to beat on the wolf every once in a while. Hey, it's to knock the low-down sorry devil between the eyes every once in a while. I say to you, it's important for the sheep to stay close to the shepherd. Why? Because he won't let the enemy have you. That's why it's important to stay close to Jesus because he won't let the devil have you. Because let me tell you something about the devil, friend. He'll make a fool out of you in a minute. He'll embarrass you. He'll make a, he'll make a mockery out of your life. He'll ruin your testimony. Before you even knew anything happened, somebody say amen right there. Why? Because we're weak. We're frail. We wander off. 
we got to stay close to the shepherd, ladies and gentlemen, so he can keep the devil off of us. But let me tell you something else about sheep. Sheep don't have to be gone long. See, they're clumsy. Sheep are clumsy. And it only takes a short period of time with this sheep being separated from the shepherd. In a very short amount of time, that sheep's going to get wounded. They get cut. Their wool gets messed up. Uh, they get in briars. Uh, their eyes get scratched maybe. And, and the first thing that the enemies do, the first thing that the predators will do is they'll grab those sheep by the legs. And they don't have the ability to, 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 to be free. And it'll be out there. Now think about this. It's all alone. It's out in the wilderness. It's surrounded by predators. It's cut up. It's bloody. It's dirty. It's nasty. It probably stinks. And maybe now it's limping a little bit because something's done grabbed a hold of it. The sheep's messed up, man. It's got problems, Richard. I said all that to say this. You're not going to get too far away from God, ma'am. And you're going to get hurt. You think you got problems now, you just get away from God for a little bit. You ain't seen problems. You know, I've seen people leave church just because they started having problems. Boy, you've got problems on top of problems when you start quitting on God. Somebody say amen right there. <clears throat> you can get away from God and you can come back. Hey, thank God you can come back. Somebody ought to shout right there. Thank God you can come back. I want you to come back. I'm glad that God is a God of second chances. And you can come back. But I promise you when you come back, you're not going to come back like you left. I, I, can, I don't know about nothing about farming. I don't want to know nothing about farming. Please, if you know anything about farming, don't tell me. I don't want to know. But I can imagine, just my imagination... That little sheep's out there, and man, he, he, he's in a mess. I mean, muddy and cut up and tore all to pieces and, and maybe, maybe limping on one leg and, and maybe a gash cut in his side. I mean, I mean, he's in a mess. But you know, the devils do the same thing to you and I if we let him. The devil would love to drag you out into the gutters of this world and make a fool out of you and ruin your life. Sure he would. No wonder the Bible said that we ought to abstain from the, fle- the lust of the flesh. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, the sheep can make mistakes. We can leave the shepherd. But not only can the sheep make mistakes, I want to show you number two. I want to show you the surrounding memories. So the sheep's gone, right? I just wonder, again, I don't know anything about farming. I don't want to know anything about farming. But I just wonder, do you reckon that the sheep has some time while it's out there by itself to think about a few things? You reckon he ever gets out there and there's just some things that he appreciated about the shepherd that won't leave his mind? Hey, I'm going to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. If you've ever really been saved, there's some things about God, no matter how far out there you get, that you're going to appreciate while you're out there. Amen? Hey, you're going to remember those days that you were protected and watched over and guarded and secured in the presence of God. You'll remember the days that you weren't only protected, but hey, you'll remember the days that you were petted. Now think about this. Did you know that in a flock of sheep, the shepherd 
takes the time out of his day, every day, to put his hands on each and every one of his sheep. He walks through that whole flock of a hundred sheep and he takes time personally to touch every single sheep in that flock every single day. Now he don't have to. He don't have to do that. He doesn't have to have that personal connection with his sheep, but he does. And boy, don't you know them sheep look forward to that shepherd coming by and loving on them and patting on them. You know why he does that? Because if they ever go astray, he wants them to remember how wonderful it was to be close to the shepherd, so close that they could feel his touch. I'm telling you, there's memories of being petted. And you may leave God tonight, ladies and gentlemen, but I'm here to tell you there's going to come a time when you'll be out in the world and you'll be thinking, boy, it sure was nice being loved on by the shepherd. Because they're surrounding memories. And you'll never get away from the fact, I promise you, of how good it was to be touched by the shepherd's hand. There's not only memories of that, memories of being petted, but there's memories of the pastures. Now think about this. He's in the wilderness. Briars, thorns, thickets. Man, he's hungry. I wonder if he got to thinking, boy, I never had this kind of problem when I was around the shepherd. He's empty on the inside. And all of a sudden he's thinking, boy, I never felt like this when I was close to the shepherd. Uh, I'm telling you, when a saved person gets away from God, they may do some stuff that they shouldn't do. And they may enjoy it for a little while. But ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you, if they've ever really been saved, they're empty on the inside. Hey, you leave, you leave God and you go the way of the world, you'll come up empty every single time because they know something's missing because they're away from the shepherd. And let me tell you something about the world, sir. It looks real good. I've always said the devil ought to be in advertisements. The devil ought to be in advertising. Because he'll sell you a pretty picture. But boy, when you buy that thing, you, you are in a mess. See, see, Budweiser, they'll show you the good-looking women. And they'll show you the party. And they'll show you the good times. But they'll never show you the wrecks on the highway. They'll never show you people threw out of windshields on the car because somebody was drinking and driving. The devil always shows you the good time. But he'll never show you reality, will he? And I, I, I believe this. I believe we ought to quit telling our young people that seeing it and fun. You know why? We're lying to them. We're lying to our young people, Benny, when we tell them sin isn't fun. Sin is fun for a season. But hey, payday's coming, sir. Payday's coming, ma'am. Buddy, when the good time's over, it brings forth death. I mean, that's just Bible. That's what your Bible says, that sin, when it's finished, it brings forth death. Hey, my worst day as a Christian, ladies and gentlemen, is still far better than my best day as a sinner. You know what else the sheep thinks about? He's out there wandering around and he's thinking about the shepherd's touch and he's thinking about how the shepherd took care of him and how he petted him and, and, how, and how the pastures he was always provided for. But think about this. You reckon he remembered the presence of the other sheep? 
Now, if you don't think that's important, why did Jesus make sure to tell us there was 99 back in the fold? Who cares who's back in the fold if the central thought of this Scripture and the only thing we were supposed to take away from this Scripture was the one that wandered off? Who cares? There must be something important about the other 99, right? Jesus is showing us, ladies and gentlemen, that there is importance in being around other sheep. That's why you ought to be faithful to church. Somebody say amen right there. Being around other sheep will keep you close to the shepherd. And may I say to you, younger sheep need to stay close to the shepherd and they will stay close to the shepherd if they get the proper example from the older sheep. That's how they learn. When the younger sheep come into church and they find that the older sheep have stayed home to clip coupons or, or to watch a ball game, the younger, sheep, the younger sheep are more apt to go astray. Did you know that? Because the older sheep haven't been the proper example. We need each other, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, listen, listen, listen to me real close. You may not like me, and that's okay. I can live with that. I may not like you. Some of you are looking convicted right now. Do we need to have altar call now? I may not like you. You may not like me. Hey, we can live with that, right? But do you know that you need me? And I need you. We need each other. We need to be around each other. Because being around other sheep, ladies and gentlemen, is what keeps us close to the shepherd. We need to be around each other. We need each other. I can imagine that sheep being out there all alone and he's bleeding, he's hurt, he's cut up, he's bloody, he's in a mess. He's probably missing hunks of wool. Maybe one of his eyes is gouged out. I'm talking about being handicapped, Benny. I'm talking about a creature with problems. Excuse me. And he comes out to the edge of a cliff. This is just my imagination. He comes out to the edge of a cliff and he's all battered and he's bruised, and he's messed up, and he hears the wolves howling in the distance. And he knows this is it. I'm as good as gone. There's nowhere to go. I've ruined my life. It's over. This is the end right here. And I wonder if he don't think, Doretta, I wonder if the shepherd still loves me. I'm so messed up, man. He can't love me. Look at my wool. Look at my side. Look at this leg that I'm limping on. He can't love me. I'll never be the same again. Look how I've messed up my life. Look how I've ruined my future. Look what I've done to myself. There's no way possible the shepherd could ever love me. There's no way he would ever welcome me back into the fold. It's not going to happen. I could never be what I could have been. Look what I've done. Look how bad I've messed up. But I tell you what I'm going to do. I don't have a thing to lose. I got nothing to lose. I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to cry out to the shepherd one last time. I know I'm not worthy. I know I'm not what I, I know I'm not what I could have been. I know I'll never be what I could have been. I know I'm in a mess. 
I, I, I know I'll never be what I was before. I, I know He has no obligation to even come looking for me. But I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to cry out to the shepherd one last time because I just want him to know how sorry I am. And I can imagine in my, imagine, in my imagination that sheep rears his head back, Benny, and he lifts up his voice and he starts to bleat. And he bleats over and over again. And all of a sudden he hears a rustling. And he said, uh-huh, this is it. I'm gone. Here come the wolves. They're going to kill me. This is the end right here. But he turns and looks, ladies and gentlemen. But instead of the wolves coming out of the thicket, it's not the wolves, ladies and gentlemen. It's the shepherd. I've showed you the sheep's mistake. I've showed you the surrounding memories. But number three, real quickly, I want to show you the shepherd's mercy. Excuse me. I told you I was slow tonight. Aren't you glad that God is a God of second chances? And we've got to quit treating our people like second chance Christians or second class Christians. You're looking at a second chance Christian tonight. If God wasn't a God of second chances, this building would be very empty tonight, by the way. Aren't you glad that when you're messed up and you're beat up and you're wounded, you can cry out to the shepherd and he'll come to where you are? Hey, I've got news for you, friend. He's looking for you. He's longing for you. He's listening for you. You say, preacher, I'm so messed up. I don't know how to get back to God. I've got good news. You don't have to. If you'll cry out to him, he'll come to where you are. I don't care how messed up you are. There's a shepherd that'll come to you. Not only will he come to you, but he'll caress you. The shepherd, he'd reach down and he'd pick that wandering sheep up and the sheep, the sheep would think, my God. My God, you mean to tell me I've come out here and I've, got one, I've wandered off and I've got myself in this mess and he's going to put his hands on me? You've got to be kidding me. In spite of the mess, he's going to put his touch on me? You've got to be kidding me. He not only comes to you, he not only caresses you, but listen real close, he carries you. Boy, this may not do a thing for you, but buddy, it's helping me. Have you ever thought about how long-suffering God has to be to put up with your junk. I'm just going to be honest with you. If I was God, there's probably two or three of you I'd have done killed. I mean, I'm just being honest with you. Have you ever thought about what God's had to put up with? I mean, He's had to put up with a lot of my junk. He's had to put up with a lot of your junk, too. I mean, we'll get your wife to testify after service if you want us to. What is it that's kept God from getting a belly full of my junk and just writing me off? It's because the shepherd loves us. It's because the shepherd cares for us. I heard heard somebody say it like this one time, and I really like this. He said... I can understand why God would want to save me because he knew I was a sinner. But I'll never understand why he'd want to, knowing how sorry of a Christian I was going to be. That's where I'm living, by the way. I don't understand, Benny, why God would want to do anything for me as sorry as I am. But I'm glad he does. I said he'll carry you. He'll receive you. He'll patch up your wounds. He'll clean you up. If you'll just say, hey, look, 
I messed up. The fault's mine. I left. I had no business leaving. And I'm sorry. He'll come to where you are and he'll receive you just like you are. Now watch this. When that shepherd picked up that wandering sheep, Linda, you got a jacket. Let me have it. When that shepherd picked up that sheep, how come he didn't pick him up in his arms and carry him like a baby? You ever thought about that? How come he didn't throw him over his shoulder and carry him like that? The Bible says that he laid him on his shoulders like this right here and carried him back to the flock. Ain't that what your Bible says? This is my thought. This is Christology. This ain't going to cost you a thing. The shepherd comes back to the fold and he's carrying this messed up sheep. He comes back to the other 99 and I'm just using my imagination. I can imagine some snotty, highfalutin, pharisaical sheep looks at that sheep coming back to the fold and he says, Hey, shepherd, you ain't going to let that piece of trash in here with us, are you? Anybody know the kind of people I'm talking about? Mm, I know church people. Somebody help me right there. He's coming back and he's carrying this sheep. And I just wonder if one of the other sheep didn't say, My God, look at his wool. You're not letting him back in here with us. We're dressed right. You're not going to let him in here with us, are you? He don't even have money to tithe, shepherd. You're not letting him in here with us, are you? And I can imagine the shepherd carrying him in like this and he says look at his wool shepherd says I don't see what you're talking about look 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 how cut up he is I don't see what you're talking about y'all with me shepherd shepherd look look he's missing an eyeball I don't see what you're talking about. Matter of fact, David said it like this. He said, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. So when the devil tries to bring up your faults and he tries to bring up your past, all God sees is goodness and mercy. Somebody say amen right there. All he sees is forgiveness. All your wounds, all your scars, all your mistakes, they're behind the shepherd, ladies and gentlemen. And my God, folks, if they're behind the shepherd, you ought to put Put them behind you tonight and go on with your life. I'm glad, thank God, that he put my sins and my mistakes behind him. They're gone, never to be remembered against me anymore. I mean as far as the east is from the west. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, if you mess up, you need to repent. You need to get right with God. God will put it under the blood, and it's gone so you can go on. My God, that will make a Mormon say amen right there. Because the shepherd is looking for you. He's longing for you. And he loves you. Let's stand with our heads bowed. Let me give you this and I'm done. Of all things that God could have used as an illustration for taking sin away, He used wool. Everybody knows where wool comes from, don't you? 
The Bible says in Isaiah 1.18, Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. The Bible says your sins will be as scarlet and they'll be white as snow. That's a one-time cleansing, right? How many times can snow be white? Once. That's salvation. But watch this. This is good. This helped me. Though they be as crimson, they shall be as wool. You know what the good thing about wool is? It can be white as many times as you want it to be. You can wash it over and over and over and over again. You can wash that wool, Benny, as many times as you want to. The first part of that verse is relationship. That's getting born again. That's getting saved. That happens one time. You only get saved once. But the last part of that verse is fellowship. But you get dirty, you get that wool washed. You get away from God, you get the wool washed. And you can start all over again with the Lord. Some of our people are trying to get saved all over again, Benny. And all they need to do is get the wool washed. You're looking tonight, ladies and gentlemen, at a second chance Christian. I don't even say that ashamed. Because God was merciful to me. God gave me, I'd be here all night probably counting all the chances. And you would be too. Don't get super spiritual on me. I may not be much. But boy, I know what it's like for God to love me when I sure didn't deserve to be loved. I'm so glad that God still loves the sheep that wander off. But I wonder, is there a wandering sheep in the house tonight? I tell crowds all over the country, you don't have to be out of church to be out of the will of God. Some of the most backslid people I've ever known in my life are in church three times a week. So I'm just curious. Is there somebody in the house tonight that needs to come out and cry out to the shepherd? Let me ask you this. Is there somebody out there right now that you know that's wandered off from the shepherd? Are they worth coming and praying for one more time? I mean, you'd want the same grace extended to you, ladies and gentlemen. You say you love them. I believe you. So what are we going to do about these people that we love that have wandered off? Do we still believe that God is God enough to bring them back? Hey, I'm just stupid enough to believe that God is God... And he can still do what he wants to. I believe that God is God enough to bring those people back. Hey, he wants them back with him. He wants them right with him. Worse than they want to come back. I guarantee you that. And all they got to do, ladies and gentlemen, is come and wash the wool. Father... Thank you for your word. Thank you for this little thought. Thank you for this Bible truth. Lord, I pray for each and every uh, one of my friends that are on this altar here tonight. Lord, I pray that you'd, I pray that, Lord, that you'd work in every, every life that's being prayed for here tonight. Lord, we're so glad that you're a God of second chances. Lord, you've been so good to us. Lord, thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all stay as long as you need to.